Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there, I'm Cassandra Healy and welcome to... Behind the Pitch. Business has always looked really great and glamorous online, but I'm here to talk to you about everything that happens behind the business to make it a business. Join me and some of our amazing guests as we go through everything you need to know about what goes on behind the pitch. Hi everyone, welcome back. Super excited you could be here. In this week's episode, I am joined with Emil Mendoza, the founder of Boracay Skin, a coconut-based beauty product that makes your skin glow. She discusses all things beauty e-com, running a business, starting up a business, balancing working and working full-time and starting up a business and so much more. So stay tuned, get ready, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to Behind the Pitch. And I'm so excited to introduce Emil. Emil, thank you so much for joining. Thanks so much for having me. So um, I've known Emil for a few years now. Um, Mostly we connected via social media through Instagram with an old client that I was working with. And we've just followed and supported each other you know, across the way. And I've been very lucky enough to even work with her and her brand. So I kind of already know what the brand is, what it is. I know her story and I just think that she's super inspiring. So I want to really put it really, I really want her to come on here and talk about who she is, but most importantly, her why and her point of difference. I personally think that Emil is a game changer. And I think her mission for her business is also absolutely incredible for what she's trying to do, but I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let Emil talk about her brand. So Emil, tell us about Boracay Skin and how you started it. Yeah. So Boracay Skin is a beautiful brand focusing on the benefits of coconut oil. And I basically started it because I used to be a flight attendant and My skin was constantly drying out when I was flying. Um, You know, I'd just be on the plane for hours and hours at a time. Sometimes our shifts would be like 12 hours. So, and you were doing that day in, day out. So like, you know, those long haul flights that you have and it feels like never ending. Imagine that every single day. And you know how your skin dries out? Imagine that every single day. So that's what was happening with my skin. And so I came up with my, like this body oil because I remembered my time in Boracay where the locals were, you know, selling coconut oil. And I was like, okay, what's this for? Like, I was so confused. I'm like, I'm not about to cook. 
um, they told me the benefits of coconut oil for the skin. And that's where I, I, I remembered that time. And then I was thinking, well, okay, well, hang on. There's all these benefits for coconut oil. Why don't I make a body oil to help with my, my dry skin? And also I have eczema. So um, my eczema was getting worse from flying. And so, yeah, that's how the first body oil came about. And that's how Boracay Skin was born. So tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit more about, you know, starting the business, being a flight attendant, balancing it all. How did you manage it? And what were a couple of the key contributing things that you put into place to make sure that you had that balance and cohesiveness between, I guess, your your business as well as your career? Um, I would say I, like, I'm going to be honest. I just didn't have uh, a social life. Um, it might seem like that on Instagram, but it's not because, you know, Instagram is a highlight reel, but in reality, it was whenever I had a spare chance, uh, I wasn't watching any Netflix. So when people were talking like Game of Thrones and stuff, like I had no idea what people were talking about because all my spare time was just devoted to my business. Um, and so like, you know, if I'm flying, I'm, that's all I'm doing. I'm flying. I can't be doing anything else. I can't be checking Instagram. I can't be doing anything. So it was like, whenever I had a spare chance, I would go and work on my business. Um, and how I balanced it really was being organized. Uh, I, I still do this. Like I buy, you know, the pen and paper, like I'm very old school. Like, like you can do all the digital stuff and that's fine. But I, I like to buy, you know, um, an old school diary, and just write down all my thoughts, uh, my to-do lists, um, use my calendar all the time. And that's just something I still do to this day. But it was just, yeah, man, it, like looking at how many hours you have in a day and going, okay, I need to allocate time to this and this and this and really just blocking off every single thing that you're doing. Um, and that's how I managed to, to, you know, start my business whilst I was flying. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I, I feel like a lot of people only ever tell the side of the story where, you know, businesses start and then, you know, they just start, they don't really talk about the aspect of, you know, most of the time people who start businesses still need to work in their job, not just to fund it, but to also make sure that they can live, <laughs> which I think is like the most important thing when it comes to like business misconception you need to work, you need the funds, you need to be able to, you know, dedicate your time and your finances to it. So when it came to your range and, you know, expanding your range, tell, your range, tell us the process of behind it. Was it because of customer demand, they wanted, you know, different types, you know, you added in, you know, the, the shimmering particles, you you released, you know, three, you know, your rose gold, your gold, your bronze, you know, what what was that like and were there any pivotal moments during that pro during that process where you were kind of like I'm really onto something here yeah so when we first started it was just me hand mixing the natural sun and body oil and that's the original one with no shimmer no fragrance it was just me personally because I wanted something that was you know very effective but you know simple and clean the bronze came about because I love makeup and I, I love that bronze glowing kind of makeup, like that nude glowing mm. bronzy. Like I've never really strayed from that. Like all my, you know, eyeshadow palettes are all like bronze or like nude, <laughs> nothing crazy. Like I don't have any blues. I did different experiment with blue ones, but <laughs> no, like nothing crazy. So I just thought, Oh, okay. What if we, put that in a body oil like that was my my thought process 
and I just was experimenting with it like because this is when we were hand making it and I'm like it actually looks so beautiful on the skin and bronze is a tone that looks good on every single skin tone like it doesn't matter if you've got uh, you know, a fairer skin tone, if you're dark, if you're medium, like when our customers ask us, you know, which one would suit our skin tones, because that's probably one of the biggest questions we get asked. Mm. We always just say, you know, all the all the the shades look good, but in particular, if you like that nice glowing bronzy look, go for the bronze. That was basically the thought process. It was just something that like I just thought I liked. And I was like, well, I think other people will like this. Yeah. And the reception for that product was amazing because it is our bestseller and is to this day. You know, we've come out with the gold, we've come out with the rose gold, and those have done well, but the bronze by far, it's there's something about it that people gravitate towards. Mm. And I think it's just people love that bronzed glowing look. It's just that it looks like you've been on a holiday, right? So I think yeah. that's what draws people to it. A hundred percent, a holiday. I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> we all need that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever the borders open up. So you mentioned, you know, about skin tone and, you know, making sure that no matter what, which product people used, if you're fairer skinned or darker, you know, you wanted it to look good. Tell us about that process. Was that a strategy that you implemented from the start or was it something that you kind of started taking into account as, um, you know, you were building out the business or what did it have to even do with the social changes that have been, you know, the social conversations that have been happening in the last few years? I would say that's a really good question. And it's something that me, me personally, I've grown to, kind of opened my eyes to like I know this sounds silly but um you know being a woman of color like I just remember and I've told you this so many times Mm. that growing up I always felt that I wasn't you know attractive enough and I and I think about that you know as a as a woman now of today and I think why did I feel that way as a kid as a teenager as a young adult and I think about like why why is that is it you know, what my environment was like. So I I look at that and I know for a fact it wasn't my family because my family would always tell me I'm beautiful. Mm. It was, I think it was subconsciously what was in the media, Um, you know, being a a child of immigrants. um, That's something you just, I think you just don't realize it until you're like, you're an adult and you actually think deeply about this. So if you look at, you know, what we were reading in Dolly magazine or, mm. um, you know, the pop stars of our generation, it was, it what then there weren't many that looked like, like me. And then I just remember like I had a stage where I had blonde hair and blue contacts. Like I was, I don't, I'd look back and I'm like, oh, I thought it was just a big one. But in reality, it's like, that's because I wasn't accepting you know, my natural features as being attractive enough. And that's why I was changing myself. And when I, in hindsight, I think it's really, really sad. Um, and so the question that you ask is that, if it, is this something because of the, the social conversations that we're having? Um, and I'm going to be honest, you know, when I first started my business, even like our images that I was posting to Instagram, that me as a woman of color myself was posting, it wasn't representative of, people that look like me, which is so silly, right? Because I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, I am a woman of color, so why am I not posting? But it was actually really hard at the time in 2015 on Instagram. If you looked on Instagram, um, they're just, that wasn't, like if you looked at, you know, like those inspiration pages, 
Yeah. Do you remember like the, that was like a big thing? Yes. I just felt like that. And I realized that now, like none of those inspiration pages have people of color. It was always the that. Tumblr. Yeah. It was like yeah. that Tumblr aesthetic. And so, yeah. and that was like where we sourced our images from like, yeah, we credited these people, but at the same time, I'm like, why is there like not pages of people that look like me or even in the media? I don't know. And it was just this whole thing. And I, and when this, you know, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement happened, it got me thinking about it even more. And it was something that I always felt really strongly about, but I just couldn't articulate myself. And the, and the pioneers for that movement, I feel like they just paved the way for everyone else to say, hey, this is how, you know, as a minority, we've been feeling. It's time for you guys to listen. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, yeah, look, to be honest, when I first started my business, that was not on my you know, on my radar at all, but I, I just hadn't realized that I haven't, hadn't woken up yet. And so now it's the, that conversation is happening and I'm so glad it is because now it's allowed me to go, Hey guys, like there's something that we can do about this as, you know, beauty brand owners or, um, beauty brand founders and, um, really look at uh, how we're doing our marketing and how we can be more inclusive. Yeah. That's amazing. And I love how like you, I, I, I don't like, it's crazy how you, you know, when you start up a brand, you kind of have to follow what you, what you think the consumer wants, especially back in the days or like five, six years ago, or even 10 years ago, like everything was very, I guess, Paris Hilton type. It was very blonde, tall. And if you didn't meet that criteria, you know, you would post about it. I, I remember like when I even had my Tumblr blog, you know, I, I remember always having like the tall, lengthy, white girl with the blonde hair. And that was always inspo and used to tag inspo, you know, and it, it's really crazy how that was what it was like back then. And how even as business owners, you have to take that into consideration because that's what the consumers want. But now over time, things are changing so much and so fast and conversations are coming about that we are now like brands are becoming more inclusive. And I think that's amazing, but touching back on inclusiveness, when you were starting off your business and well, not just inclusiveness, even stereotypes, what was it like when you were starting it up? Um, so you're, you know, you've got a Filipino background and I know you and I have had this conversation before, but I just think that'll be really great for other people to hear, you know, you didn't follow the stereotype. You weren't, going down the traditional conventions that, you know, you probably from most people from your culture might have gone through or gone down because of family. What was that like when you decided to start a business and, um, you know, take your own reins and live life on your own terms? What, what was that like? How, what were your family like? Um, what, what, how, were they encouraging yeah, my my parents, I am so fortunate that they are 100% supportive. Like whatever I do with my life, it was, I feel like it wasn't always the case when I was younger. Like it was that immigrant, we've come here for a better life mentality. And that I totally understand that where there were certain expectations placed upon me. So just to give you context, you know, as a kid, I was what they would call like a really, you know, super smart academic child I was always excelling at school I was getting a hundred percent all the time in all my subjects Um, I was doing very very well and I actually got into a school 
here in Melbourne, it was a selective school. So you had to sit a test. You had to be in the top 3%. It was very competitive and I got in. Um, and that was an achievement in itself. So in saying that, you know, even being in a school like that, there's a lot of expectation for you to perform well academically, academically, <laughs> but also having a certain career. And only because if you are academically that smart, that's kind of what the stereotype is. Is like, if you're super smart, you should be a lawyer or a doctor, something like that. So mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone in my school or my year level saying, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. God forbid you'd say you wanted to be an influencer because there was no such thing back then. But yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just would, it just wasn't something that they talked about at all. Yeah. And my parents, I would say, you know, they were, um, that's kind of what they expected of me as well when I was growing up. Um, but, you know, later on in life, uh, I think they just realized that as long as you're happy, um, they're happy for me. So they're 100% supportive. They always have been since day one, even to this day. Um, they're very involved with the business. And they were just, yeah, they just were supportive. I I know sometimes with um, from my cultural background, it, they can be a little bit risk averse. And I know some of my family, other family members were, not my immediate family members. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, it's, it's your life. And I guess just do whatever makes you happy. Yeah, that's, that's so true. So incredibly, you know, you're very lucky to have parents that support you and, you know, are there even to be involved in your business. I think if my parents were involved in my business, I'd probably smack my head against the wall. <laughs> and, um, no, it's, that's absolutely incredible. So let's talk a little bit more about Boracay, the actual brand in itself. So you've been around for five years now. Yeah, I think almost six. Yeah, that's right. Because I think your business and my business have very similar start times, like mm-hmm. birthday dates. And um, and you've had some incredible like milestones and, you know, even from the get-go, like even just expanding the range, everything like that. What have been some of your most pivotal moments in the business that, you know, maybe let's go with maybe your top three and what opportunities did it create for you to grow the brand? I would say the first year was probably where I hit two big milestones or pivotal moments. And it was just, I think I look back on it and I think, oh my God, I think I was just really lucky or Mm. someone was looking out for me. I don't know. But the first one would probably be when Urban Outfitters reached out to me via email saying like, we want to buy your product. And I was like, what what do you mean because like uh, even now like uh, we're working on the retail side of things trying to get into retails it's actually really hard to get in touch with a buyer a and b for them to even say yes like to even consider your brand so for them to like go straight off the back and go hey we'd love to stock your product that it's it's like someone coming to your house and knocking on your door and being like hey we want to buy your product that's what it felt like oh right like if someone emails you and says hey we want to buy X amount of your product, that's what it felt like. Um, And I just never hear of that happening to anyone. Like most people that when they get into retail, there's a lot of steps that you you need to get go through to even, you know, get a phone call or like get an you know a a yes from them or even a response, right? Um so I don't know who that 
like I don't know what was going through that buyer's mind because I did ask her for feedback she never gave it back but (sighs) that was probably one because I think it opened up a lot of doors for us like in terms of just brand exposure um, us being a legitimate brand so you know in the first year it can be so hard to just even build the brand right like getting people to trust you Um, because if you're a new brand and it's like you know the beauty space is so crowded these days it's very hard to to stand out and so having that straight away within like a few months of it just you know opening uh, it was amazing so Mm -hmm. I would say that was the first one the second one would be doing Miami swim week uh, it was just an opportunity presented to us from our PR at the time. And I didn't even know that Miami Swim Week existed. Like I had heard of Fashion Week in New York and, you know, Paris and stuff, but I didn't even think about like one where it was just all swimsuits. Um, and I I thought I felt that Miami Swim Week was amazing for us because I actually went and traveled there. Uh, I didn't have to, but I felt that it was a good opportunity for, for me to meet people and just 100%. to get my yeah, get my foot in the door within that sort of industry. And it paid off because that's where I made a lot of connections with other brands, uh, a lot of connections just in Miami in general and in the US. And that's why we have a big presence in the US. So I would say that was probably uh, the second pivotal moment. And then the third one would be that that day I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Um, in terms of like the opportunity I guess it was just kind of it was very nerve-wracking like I'm not even gonna say it was like a very easy decision I think you know anyone that's listening out there it's it's very scary when it's uncertain and I'm sure now everyone's experienced it with COVID Mm. it when when there's uncertainty it's so so scary and you're really really being pushed out of your comfort zone Mm. but I think the only way you can grow as a person is to get out of your comfort zone and try something that it's probably going to scare you the most because I that's that's when the growth happens so uh, that was a I feel like that was a big risk even it was it was a calculated risk in a a sense but at the end of the day you just never know right like Mm. your business like your business can project as much as you want but you just never know what's going to happen the next day so I would say that was a pivotal moment as well but here I am today, six years later. So I think we're doing okay. Yeah, I think so as well. I think so as well. So tell us what, you know, you're, you've had the business for nearly six years. You've gone through so much growth. Um, you, you know, you're doing absolutely incredible things. What is next for the brand? Uh, you know, what, where do you see it in the next couple of years? I think for the brand, we are expanding our range. So then we have a new product coming out. It's going to be focused on facial skincare, which is super exciting. We're bringing out a product that we feel, I mean, it's a, I would say it's, I don't want to call it trendy because I hate, I I don't like following trends in anything, whether it's fashion or, um, you know, anything. I just not a, I'm not a trend driven person. Like I, I know that look, that's what like brands look at all the time. Uh, but I like to just stay true to, you know, what I, our mission is and what I love doing. So I, this is something that I would say is a necessity for everyone because, you know, who doesn't love facial skincare, but also it's something I haven't really seen on the market. Like we've seen variations of it, but the, how we formulated this product I haven't seen on the market yet. So I'm so excited about this one. I hope 
our customers love it and anyone that comes across us loves it. So that's something that's coming. And our, also our next step would be to expand into more markets. So we're looking more into Europe this year and also next year and, you know, continuing to grow in the US that, that actually is our biggest market. So just cementing it more there. And that's where we're really seeing the brand in the next two years. Wow. So many exciting things. And for those, like, I know what's happening inside the brand, stay tuned, stay excited because this, like the new product that's about to come out is absolutely incredible. And I can't wait to try it as well. Um, so my last question to you is now e-commerce has become such a saturated market, right? There is, I think every business, especially after last year, businesses had to pivot. Most had to go online it's, you know, it's becoming a lot harder to break through whether you're a brand, whether, you know, you're going in the online space, whatever the case might be. What are, are, let's go with maybe your top, let's go with two. What are your top two tips for somebody who might be listening, who let's say the first one is for somebody who is looking to start an e-com store. What would be maybe a tip that you have for them? And for somebody who currently has an e-com store and is, you know, really struggling, what kind of tip would you have for them? Yeah. Okay. So for the first one, if you are looking to start in e-commerce, you're going to have, when you first start, you have no audience. And that was the case when I first started, you know, I, we had absolutely no followers. I'm thinking, who am I, when I launched this product, who's going to even see it, (laughs) right? So the thing with that, even though you might think that, oh, we only have like, you know, family and friends following us on Instagram. My biggest suggestion and tip would be to show up consistently. And the reason I say that is because you never know who's looking at your page. Like you, you don't know because, and I say that because I mentioned the urban outfitter story. And if I had not posted every day, right. I think I was posting multiple times a day. This is before the algorithm. So it was possible to Post multiple <laughs> times a day. <laughs> it was in chronological order, so people actually saw your post when you posted. So, my point is that you know we didn't have a big following. I can't, I couldn't tell you how many followers we had at the time. It would have, I would guess that we had. I, I'm honestly thinking like maybe a hundred, maybe even less, maybe more. I don't know, but mm-hmm. all I'm saying is we didn't have a huge following, uh, but we had you know a theme throughout the feed when I say we it was just me at the time so I don't know why I'm saying that but it was just me you know I had that theme and so I was consistent with the kind of theme that we had within the feed so it wasn't messy looking well in my eyes anyway it had a theme for like 2015 whatever Mm -hmm. I think now we've all we've all leveled up our Instagram games yeah and I was posting you know regularly so you know that I think that and I've asked for feedback I they never got back to me but i think because we were on Instagram and posting consistently and talking about the product and the benefits and all or whatnot, the buyer would have seen us on Instagram. Right. 100%. And so that you just don't know who's looking. So don't, don't think you can slack off and not post or show up. You need to show up every single day and be persistent. Even if it's, I don't care if it's one person following, like you show up and you, you know, you entertain and, provide value for that one person that's following. So that would be my tip for, for those that are starting. Just be, con- you know, show up and be consistent. 
the second one, if for those who are already established and in e-commerce, look, I know how hard it is right now. It's, you know, it's just all the external influences as well with iOS 14 and COVID. And it's just very uncertain with some things that may have worked before are not working. So I totally, and, you know, us, we're the same, we're in the same boat. So any businesses that are listening that feel that way, you're not alone. Mm. The only thing that I would suggest, and this is just from my experience in my you know, six years of doing this is just that, and I'm not going to use the word pivot, but just try doing different things until something works. Um, because we've had to do that so many, yeah, we've had to do that so many times in the last six years because like sometimes things will work, like say, I don't know, I'm just giving an example. Like, you know, we'll have a campaign on Facebook that's working for like three, four months and we haven't had to touch the ad for ages. And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. Don't have to change it. And then or like literally overnight, it's like, it's not working. Right. Yeah. I'm sure people can relate to that. And you're like, no, I, I want this to go on forever. Yeah. But it's nothing lasts forever. Um, the only thing you can do is try different things. And I'm not talking like, okay, let's try, try a different ad. Like, yeah, you can do that. I'm talking more like, okay, should we look at PR? Should we look at doing another platform? Should we try TikTok? Should we try the, and, and that's what business is, is like, it's just a lot of trying different things because sometimes you'll read about businesses and tell you oh this you know tiktok blew up for us or you know we did like this kind of instagram reel or story and and yeah look it could work for their business but it might not necessarily work for yours and vice versa so my suggestion would just to keep trying and it can be disheartening you know we've had moments like that with us too where we've tried different things that people have said worked and it didn't work for us and you know, the only thing you can do is like learn and go, okay, that didn't work for us. Let's try for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it can be difficult because it's so disheartening when things don't work out or you've invested all this money or time and it's not working out, but that's all you can do as a business is just to be persistent. And again, show up, you know, like you just don't know who's watching. Um, that's all I can say. Yeah. It's just, to, it's the perseverance. And I think for, for entrepreneurs that's that's what sets us apart from from others so yeah consistently yeah showing up and trying new things and being innovative and thinking outside the box you know thinking okay this did not work let's let's try this it's all about risk taking right uh, yeah. something doesn't work you've got to try something else and sometimes you need to try something else on top of that and then sometimes you need to do 23 things at the same time it's all about the risk well thank you so much for joining us um Guys, if you want to connect with Emil, you can connect with her on Instagram and on her website. Emil, do you want to share with them your socials? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Emil Mendoza and you can follow us on Boracay Skin at Boracay Skin, B-O-R-A-C-A-Y-S-K-I-N. And just doing a shameless plug, um, I've started streaming my video gaming. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> yes, I have. What's it called? Twitch or Twitch? Or- yeah, Twitch. <laughs> uh, but can I just say, it's such a different, like, just real quick, like this platform is so different to any platform I've been on. Like I've been on Instagram for years and years and, you know, I've built up like a decent following on there. Like I wouldn't yeah. say I have heaps, but, you know, I've got a, I've got followers on there and they're like engaging. But Twitch is another level. Like everyone, the brand and people just like talk to you. And they're just very engaged. Like, yeah, you don't need to have so, you don't, I've only got like, I just started three days ago, but I started streaming. Like all I do is play video games because I'm in lockdown. 
And I just thought, oh, well, instead of me just sitting here by myself and like playing a game, I might as well film myself and talk to randoms on the internet. Oh my Why God. Why not? <laughs> Why does this sound they- like a type of a meagle kind of game? Like, it's like, sounds like a meagle. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> like that. And they, they just chat to you. And, and um, I only have like, what, 23 followers, but I have people that like jump on every time I stream and they just ask me like how my day's been and stuff. And I just mm-hmm. find it's a very engaging community and everyone's super nice on there but uh, yeah um i'm on twitch as well um my handle is ejm underscore underscore 10 so if you want to check me out playing video games it's another side to me so entrepreneur by day gamer at night i love that it's like me on the weekends publicist during the week sims player on the weekends (laughs) (laughs) you should stream yourself playing sims uh, uh maybe I will you know what you've got all this time on our hands now why not <laughs> well thank you so much again guys hit her up go check out Borakai Skin and catch you at the next thank episode thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Pitch don't forget to rate subscribe and like and follow us on all of our social media platforms for more we'll see you next time